spot on timing. <laughs> Perfect. Sure, it'll be fine. <clears throat> right. Ready to go? Yes. Okay, here we go. And in three, two, one. Hello! Welcome to another episode of War Podcaster! Hello! We're back! everybody and we have faces if you're watching on youtube in, in podcast version we still don't have faces we haven't got the technology yet there yet um <laughs> hi how's it going it's been a little while since we've uploaded obviously um things happened we both got very busy with life and you know there was all the lockdown stuff and all that jazz but we're we're back we're uploading more podcaster again isn't it great i'm pete quinnell i'm joined by my joined by my co-host liam Hi, Liam. Hello, I'm Liam. How's everyone what? doing today? I expect everyone to answer that. Yep, I'm, I'm hoping that everyone at home <laughs> expect... I'm good, thanks, Liam. Yeah, I expect everyone <laughs> to answer. Um, so yeah, it's been a couple months since we've uploaded uh, a War Podcaster episode. So, in the meantime, what's been going on in your life, Liam? What's been happening? Tell us what's uh, been going on in the life of Liam. Uh, I started streaming again. Yeah, since you we, did. Since we done the pod, since we started doing the podcasting, I started streaming again. So it's probably a good thing I never changed my Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really good thing I never changed my Twitter. Still time. There's still time. You never know. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> I might just change it anyway now, just for the joke, and just be like, now exactly. you really don't know what's going on. Exactly. But and and I guess that I haven't actually made the overlay that you guys can see on YouTube yet. So I'm assuming it's going to have your Twitter handle on it, and I might just change it at random point. <laughs> just see what happens. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Variety is the spice of life. Exactly. Yes. Um, what have you been streaming over on your over on your Twitch? Uh, I was streaming Wolf Among Us. That's a great game. That was my very first playthrough of it. Finished that last night. Been playing some Pokemon Stadium. That's an okay game that definitely has some nostalgia glasses. <laughs> uh, been playing some Among Us. That's a fun game. And mm -hmm. uh, some Stardew. That's really good. And Spiritfarer, which was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. All of those were very, very good. Uh, I've been, I haven't been watching your Wolf Among Us stuff, but I've been watching on Catch Up. Um, I was watching your, your YouTube versions. Um, yes. Watched some of it last night because I came to one of your streams for for one of them. And obviously I had no idea of anything that was going on because I hadn't <laughs> seen the first bits. Yeah. Um, but I was like, this game seems really fun. I'm going to go back and, and watch um, uh, some of the other ones. So I watched your episode one. And then last night I, wa I, I watched most of episode one uh, like two nights ago. And then mm. last night I, I finished episode one and I was like, oh, let me, let me, let's watch chapter two. Can't I'll just stick it on and I'll probably fall asleep. Watch yeah. the whole thing before I went to sleep. And I was like, oh no, it's so late. <laughs> <laughs> I made a poor choice. It's really, <laughs> it's good. really good. It's really good. Yeah, it's probably my, really it's fun my, game. Um, it's my second favorite sort of um, narrative story driven game like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My, my so favorite still good. Tales from the Borderlands. It, mm -hmm. Still amazing. Yeah, I never played it, but I mean, I've never played a Borderlands, so there's that. Yes. Um, but yes. Uh, so yeah, you've been you've been streaming. You've been a busy a busy boy. Uh, over on Twitch, Twitch.tv/unlawfulexile. If you're so, curious, for everyone. And uh, how about you? What have you been up to? Um, I've been busy with life. Um, <laughs> totally fair. Yeah, li life things have happened. I've been very busy at work as well, and all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've, I'm back on back on the Warcaster train now. Um, you know, uploaded a couple videos to YouTube. If you listen on the podcast version, if you're not familiar with the YouTube, uh, the, the YouTube channel of D and D videos, and I've been uh, starting to upload a couple now. I did one reviewing some people's hot takes for D and D. It's gone down well. 
did a uh, did a first ever try, uh, try to do a comedy sketch video. I liked um, it. I liked the sketch. Yeah, which I, I think has been received pretty well, um, which is nice. It's uh, rewarding to see people like, this was funny. I'm like, I can make people <laughs> laugh. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to try and experiment with that a little bit more, I think, and uh, and do do more of that in the future. But yeah, I think it w- went down really well. So I'm excited to do more more Warcaster stuff and especially more war, more war podcaster stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Um. And also, we've not we hadn't been playing D anD D for ages because we were kind of waiting so we could get back in person and play together. Yeah, um, because yeah. it's so much better that way. Um, but we kind of just bit the bullet and we were like, "Look, we're not going to be getting back in person anytime soon. Let's just start playing again and we'll play online." Um, so we did uh, the first session in my campaign since I think about September time, um, and. It was great. It was really, really, really good fun. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Uh, just kind of tripping all you guys out and just being like, "What is going on?" I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> "It's definitely what time. happened." Yeah, it was really, really fun. Because uh, we essentially where we left them off, they just uncovered this sort of like ruined temple kind of thing um, to the the god family that exists in my world. And uh, they they entered it. They found this pool of water that had trees and grass growing around it. And they were really hesitant to do anything with it. But it turns out it was just fine. It actually healed them. It was cool just to see them be really trepidatious about it. They carried on going down. There was this weird greenish glow from this room and these mirrors. And then in the mirrors, they weren't seeing reflections of themselves. They were seeing reflections of other people. And then one of the party didn't have a reflection at all. Uh, it was, it, yeah, and then someone got sucked through a mirror and then got knocked unconscious by the thing that was on the other side before the party even knew what was going on. It was a good, it was a really good time. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. It same. Yeah, same. It was nice to just to uh, metaphorically get back on the horse kind of thing. Mm. It was just like a really good time. I feel like we could have, there could have been some, uh, there could have been some ring rust there, but everyone sort of. Just fell straight back into it, really. I don't think anyone yeah. sort of missed a beat. Everyone just sort of immediately fell right back into their characters, and it was just—it was like we hadn't even stopped playing, really. Yeah, which everyone was crazy. Had, everyone had like their own little bits to do, went straight into a combat. Everyone was thinking quite outside the box when it came to checking things and whatnot. No one was sort of like, "Oh, I'm unsure what to do." It's just like I feel like everyone quite missed it and was quite ready to sort of give it 110% coming back into it to be like, God, I want to do this so much. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Because I did, like, an extensive recap before we started just to be like, here's what happened on the last, like, 10 sessions, just so we're all aware. Um, and then, yeah, after that that recap, it was just like, right, yeah, I know exactly where we are and what we're doing. I remember everything. Let's just carry on as we were. It was like, yeah, like you said, it was as if we'd never stopped. We just, everyone just fell right back into it. It was really, really good. Um, and I'm excited to play more because we've got another one coming up this weekend because we're going to be playing again on sunday i believe yes um so thoroughly excited to carry on because there's so many things that i want you guys to do and you're really close and we'll just think we'll see what happens I guess, <laughs> when we get there. so maybe for next week's uh war podcaster episode it will be us just ranting about what happened in the thing maybe who can say depends how far you get um but anyway uh let's talk about what we're actually going to be talking about today let's get to the actual war podcaster episode and what we wanted to do originally uh, for episode number nine of War Podcaster was we were going to be talking about Tasha's Cauldron of Everything because that was the book that came out at exactly the right time for us to review it. However, we stopped uploading. Um, so we're actually just going to talk about it 
Now, so we're going to talk about some of the favourite things that we like from the book and new editions and all the stuff that's really, really good about it because it's a really good book. It's really um, good. I really like it a lot. Really, really good. Um, so if you don't mind, I'll start. Go for it. There's one thing I want to point out that I bloody love about it. Artificer. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I, was, I was hoping you'd look into this a lot because I sort of started looking into it and I was like... This is a lot. I kind of hope. A lot, isn't it? I was like, I hope, I hope Pete has also looked into it because <laughs> I, I, I have, I, I'm not going to be able to know all this by myself straight away. <laughs> yep, I, I, I feel the same about some of the other bits, but um, yeah. Oh my god, because I never really look too hard at Unearthed Arcana, basically at all. Um, because yeah. I, I like to just kind of stick to either my own homebrew stuff or stuff that's already there, and I can just kind of pull from official sources. Um. So yeah, I hadn't really, I wasn't too familiar with Artificer, uh, Artificers at all before Tasha's. And then when it came out, I just started reading about it and I was like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. They're so good. They They're are really so cool. Good. They are really I good. I love them. They're so cool. Um, especially, in particular, there's two two of the subclasses for Artificer. Artificer in general is looks really fun. Just being able to use tools to, the, the like the creativity you can have of using just like artisan's tools as your spell casting focus so you have like you can do like cure wounds with tinker's tools it's like well how are you going to do that it's like oh i have a little robotic bug that cures up wounds or whatever (laughs) it is like you can get super wacky and crazy with it yeah and in particular though the alchemist mm, alchemists is that that mm, the one you enjoy good it's so good because especially because i already had the idea i think i mentioned this to you um uh, a few months back my, I had an idea for a character that was like a wizard who was obsessed with creating potions based off spells. So it would like be you like did. creating yes, a haste potion. And then they'd drink that and get haste. Or they'd, you know, create a, a potion of mirror image or whatever it may be. Yeah. And that would just be the thing that they keep, they, they work on. That's what drives them. And then I and then I read Tasha's and it's like, hey, you can create this thing that's an alchemist that does magical uh, magical effects off potions. I'm like, right, <laughs> right, cool. That That's me sorted then. Um I really like the the feeling of the alchemist uh, from reading on it. There's a little bit of healing spells that they get with healing word and like mass healing word. I think the role play potential is absolutely off the charts with the alchemist because you can basically make make any sort of effect you want, but from alchemy and using um, um, alchemist tools and stuff like that, which I think is going to be really, really fun. Uh, and it gets some access to some other really cool spells as well, like Gaseous Form and Flaming Sphere and Blight. I'm like, oh my god, I this think, thing's really good. I think the craziest one it got got to, which I made note of, is like, you already mentioned it before, the fact it gets Cure Wounds and Revivify. And I was like, that's really crazy for a class to get Cure Wounds and Revivify based off Intelligence. I can't think of another class that has healing based off Intelligence modifier. No, no, not not that i can think of either which is kind of weird because medicine is an intelligence uh based ability check right i believe so i think so um so you no, think medicine more... medicine is medicine is wisdom you is crazy it? yes medicine is wisdom you mm. crazy apparently it's, i am what it, am i thinking it's, na- it's nature that's intelligent that's the really one weird. That, yeah. that should be wisdom and isn't that's yeah the one. nature's um, the weird I, one I, yeah i knew that was a weird one um but uh yeah, I think you can easily like reskin medicine to be intelligence based. We've mentioned this like, before on a podcast he- episode. We have, yeah. <laughs> um, and you can, yeah, you, there's easy enough ways for them to have researched, you know, re- res- restoration 
magic and stuff like that. I th- I think it, it it totally still works. Or just uh, medicine. <laughs> yeah, just medicine. Use science to create actual medicine. Exactly. Yes, that's exactly what it is. That you can literally create the vaccine in the game. Pretty much. It's flawless. Um, but the thing that I really, really love about the Alchemist is the fact that they get the experimental elixir, which they get to make once per long rest. At the end of a long rest, they get to make an experimental elixir. And then you roll on a table to see what it does. That's it's amazing. Really cool. It's really cool. I love cool. tables that you roll on to see effects of stuff. And, Some of the and effects it's... are really good. I know. They're so good. <laughs> Some of the effects are really good. Yeah. And then you just get to like, and then at higher levels, you get more of them at like two, uh, you get two and three per short rest at higher levels, uh, per long rest, sorry, at higher levels. And it's, it's just really cool. I'd love the idea of like creating an elixir per night. That's just like your nightly ritual. And mm-hmm. the, like during the course of the night, you set up your little alchemist tools and it's bubbling away through the night and stuff like that. And you get up and all the, the rest of your party is confused because you have no idea what you're doing. And you always create these little elixirs and little trinkets and all sorts of stuff all, all the time. I, I the 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 picture of it in my head is so like crystal clear. I, yeah, oh, I, I just really want to play one now. Like I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. Um, And the other one is the armorer for the uh, for artificer. Which is just like, it's less about just like the role playing and the 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 character creation and stuff. It's much more just like it's just really cool. Get, like, get to be Iron Man. You you literally get to be Iron Man. I think <laughs> I think one of the best things about it though, which is really underrated, I think, is that you can don and doff the the arcane armor that you get as, as an, an action. action. Yeah. Oh, it's so that's good. A, that's a nice little touch. Yeah. Like, literally, like, one of the best things... Well, I say one of the best things. That's a bit of an overstatement. But a really <laughs> cool thing from the Avengers and Iron Man movies is the, like, the really cool and new ways that Iron Man gets to put on the suit. Because at first it was like, oh, I need this whole machinery to put on piece by piece. And then he gets it so it's like a little thing on his wrist that can expand out. And then there's flying pieces that come to him. Or one bit where he just pushes a button and it all comes on. Like, you can come up with so many different ways and really cool ideas just to get in your armor and then you've got the armor itself which is awesome oh, is I'm, cool. I'm i'm in love with them it's funny you picked you picked the two you picked because i like the armorer i, I really like the armor mm-hmm. as well but my favorite is the artillerist i really yeah. like the artillerist i love the idea of having an eldritch cannon like yeah. having a magical <laughs> having a magical cannon and its one purpose is to be a cannon like this absolute insane person who knows magic and knows how to create magical items and knows how to infuse them with different abilities that can work day to day thought yeah but what if it exploded <laughs> Just, <laughs> and like what if what if it shot fire and that's all it did all it did was shoot fire <laughs> and I, yeah. I love it and i there's and it's got um i was very concerned going into when i saw the artillerist i was like oh god here we go it's gonna be another one of these sort of like ranger beastmaster things where it's like you can use your action to fire the cannon and that's all you can do at that point but you use it as a bonus action, which is amazing. You can <laughs> yeah. shoot it as a bonus action. And it gives the mending cantrip something extra to do. Because if you cast mending on your cannon, it gets 2d6 HP back. That's amazing. And yeah. you can give it legs and it can follow you. <laughs> and like, there's just so much of, there's so much about the, El- like the artillerist that I'm ridiculously in love with. Like You can make it self-destruct. And it can, and at higher levels, it provides half cover for you and your allies. It's ridiculous. 
I yeah. love it. I love the idea of the artillerist. And if I was going to make a artificer, that is the one I would go with. And just still mentioning the artificer, one of the other really crazy things I wrote down, because I wrote down the uh, I wrote down the cure wounds thing. And the other really crazy thing, uh, they get at uh, level seven, which is a nice little touch. Uh, uh, bah, 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 bah. They can add their. Um, Within thirty feet, with a reaction, they can add their spell, their intelligence modifier to someone's dice roll. That's crazy. Yeah. That's so yeah. good. Because by and the time, bonkers. by the time you reach level seven, you're probably going to have eighteen or twenty, mm-hmm. because you've got one ASI by that point. Yep. So, and you'll be close to a second. That's so a that's late. that's pretty much a max roll of bless that you can add as a reaction, and you can do that four or five times a day. That's yeah. so good. That's such yeah. a fun ability. That's such it, a fun it, ability. And it, it's it. I don't think it's super OP either because it's not on like an attack roll or anything. I believe it's just an ability check or a saving throw. Correct. Yeah. It's just that. Yeah. Which still is really good. But it's just I think they they tempered it enough so it's not completely busted. But yeah. I think that could be so cool just to do like, you know, for for ability checks. That's just like exploring and stuff. It would be literally someone like climbing a rock wall. And you're at the bottom, and you just go, "Oh yeah, you should you should use that little hole up there." You see, there's yeah. a little handy hole right there. That's the 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 way that the ability works. It's just you yes. get to make them better at what they do. I love that. Yeah, that's I'll so be, cool. It's so I'll it's be, a really cool support option. I'll be using the word a lot because I wrote it down a lot in my notes. Uh, it's thematically pleasing. Oh yes, um, all of Tasha's is thematically pleasing. It's great. And also, also the fact that level ten they can um, attune to an extra item. Which is really, which is like, everyone always gets to the point where like, oh man, I really want to use this other one, but I can only have three. Ha! Artificer laughs at your three limit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they they even get up to five. And uh, I think this is a high level ability. I'll have to double check it. Um, but I'm pretty sure they, they get to attune to five magic items and they get to ignore any sort of class level requirements for correct. it. So they can just attune to any magic item, <laughs> which That's is correct, yeah. really cool. Um, so yeah, I... I, I Super I fun, really, really like the artificer. Super, super fun. Yeah, um, a lot of fun. Another, another quick thing I just wanted to point out as well is uh, the ranger. Oh, it's so oh, good. It's so good the, now. The optional class features they put into this right. are amazing. I would, I would never tell people how to play. But if you don't use the ranger optional class features, you're playing wrong. Because <laughs> they they are like deft explorer and favored foe are so much better than natural explorer and and uh, favored enemy uh, respectively. Yep. They are so much better. Yeah, they they literally just saw those and go. I mean, they're not great, are they? Should we just make them but better? Yeah, and then, like, they, and then they just did. It just gives the. It, I feel like. If you go down it, it gives the ranger just like it actually gives the ranger a personality now. Whereas before, it just mm-hmm. felt like it didn't do much, and it was just kind of like ro- it was like rogue light or fighter light. Now it's kind of got its own personality, and it's kind of done what everyone said it should do with like you know favored foe. Like it's your favored foe. You know how to take on this foe. You know how to fight them. You should learn their weaknesses and everything because that is what a ranger does. And now. Mm-hmm. When you deal damage to it, you can mark it and do one d four. It's got a, a hunter's mark built into it. Hunter's mark is for yeah. rangers. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's so good. 
and then like obviously Deft Explorer as well. Um, you get more sp- you get more skills, you get increased walking speed, and you can give the temporary hit points to people as well. It just it just makes you it makes you able to use your abilities and your features more often. Whereas Rangers were like, could this hill be considered a mountain? And then, <laughs> and so that's like the only way you could use your abilities ever. Now you can actually yeah. use them in day-to-day life. Exactly, yes. Because sometimes stuff does translate. It's not just about the terrain you're on. It's about the skills that you learn while you're on that terrain and how that can apply to other places. So yeah, yeah. I, I think that that applies much, much better. And it just makes the rangers better explorers, which is what rangers do. Yes, sorry. Explorers. Yeah, at level six, they gain climbing speed and swimming speed equal to their walking speed. That's what a ranger should have. That's amazing. Yes, that's so, so good. (laughs) That's what a ranger should have. They they literally explore the world. Could you imagine they just don't know how to swim? (laughs) (laughs) Ridiculous. I'll explore to the ends of the world, the highest mountains, the deepest that we've made in the deep oceans. I can't swim. Um, while we are on the point of Ranger, though, there was one other <laughs> thing. There was a very, very tiny thing that was included in one of the new Ranger subclasses that I loved so much, and I wish they put it into more uh, subclasses. And I'm now I want to put it into more subclasses, and I'll be f- considering this any time I make a character now going forward. Um, it doesn't it doesn't do anything. It's just the Feywild gifts section mm-hmm. from the uh, Fey Wanderer subclass, which is yeah all about the facts like you know you've been a you've acquired fey magic and you're now a fey wanderer and you're pretty much just like a it's like it's kind of like thematically like a, a combination between ranger and bard sort of mm-hmm. like you're more of like a pixie man kind of thing yeah um but the fey wild gifts you get a uh you get like a uh like a blessing given to you by the fey power they don't do anything they just they're just like a reflection of your subclass. So one of them, for example, you roll a d you roll a d six on a d six table, or whatever. One of them is um, illusion butterflies flutter around you while you take a short or long rest. It doesn't do anything, but yeah. that just like solidifies in my mind. I can picture that in my mind, and I'd be like, if I was to like be there and see that, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I know, I kind of know what this character's like. I can get a sort of reading on what they're what this person's like. And mm-hmm. it's things like that, like fresh flowers sprout from your hair each dawn. That's just like real nice little bits that you can add to your subclass if you can, um, if you can, if you want to go that way. And you can do that with any sort of subclass. Just like if you want to do shadow magic sorcerer, you could be like, when people come over to you, they notice a, a chill in the air. Like, it yeah. doesn't do anything. It's not going to do damage. It's not going to put anyone off any ability checks or disadvantage or anything. It's just a little nugget of flavor that you put on your character and that exudes making your character who they are. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I mean, like, one of my favorite things from, um, to use a, an example that most people will, um, uh, listening to this will probably know, from Critical Role Campaign 2. The amount of flavor stuff that Ford in particular has, like when he, um, <coughs> semi spoilers, spoilers for the campaign from like <laughs> 70 onwards ish. If you're not up to there, skip ahead. Um, but originally when he was the patron for Ukatoa and he had the, the blade and the, the water dripping off it and the barnacles growing on the blade, 
really nice flavor stuff. Yeah. And then later on, you know, he gets the star razor and it grows an extra couple inches when he's using the wild mother's magic and he gets mm-hmm. the dude. Oh, oh, that's just so good. Or yeah. like the, the little, the, the things that don't make any sort of effect difference, but just add extra um, appearance changes and flavor and description to it. So good. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with you. I really, really like that addition into the book. That's just such a, it was just such a tiny thing. They didn't have to put in cause it doesn't affect the class at all, but I wish it was now included for more classes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I, I hope that, yeah, both me and you, I think we're both kind of uh, enamored with that idea now that we can totally include that in our campaigns and stuff for future, for future characters and stuff we make Aye. or for character characters that are going to be in our campaigns. We can be like, so, what flavor thing do you want Let, let's talk about what what it looks like what you know it, it's more than just like what color is your magic normally yeah that can yeah. be something but add to it just be like okay why is it that color where did it come from what kind of effects uh, come with it what how is does that? it how does it move through the air kind of thing well, they've, even, they've even put a whole section of that in the book as well for personalizing spells which mm-hmm. is which has one of my favorite uh D pieces of artwork in a book ever of the uh the mm-hmm. farmer using magic missile but they're shaped like chickens yes it's like, so good just like they have a whole bit they have a whole bit on that now where it's like hey yeah if you want to do, if you want to do this spell you can just change how it looks like if you want to cast cure wounds and you're a twilight cleric maybe they are surrounded by glimmering crescent moons like yeah they have a whole section on that and i love i love mm-hmm. that idea yeah it's so good i think they, they've really done a good job in tashes of emphasizing roleplay and emphasizing flavor over everything else they're like Here's all the stuff that you can do. Here's all these classes. Here's all these subclasses. But all of this is yours to change. And here's why. Here's all these changes that you can make. Here's examples of these changes. And I think, I mean, we can talk about it now just before we move on to some of the other class stuff. One of my favorite things they put in this book is the ability to change the um, racial ability scores. Yeah, We spoke about it in a previous episode that we thought they were really dumb. And just being able to say, I don't want a plus two in con and strength. I, I want to change it to other stats and you go okay you can yeah exactly it just there you makes go so, it makes Done. so much it makes so much more sense it makes yeah a, a way more sense I've, they even took it further than i was thinking they would take it because mm-hmm. they took it i really like the idea of proficient the proficiency swapping as well yep because they got they've got it like one-to-one kind of thing like if you mm-hmm. if you're proficient with this armor you can replace it with this armor kind of thing and it just makes the whole thing a lot more you can as long as you can think of a reason why you can make pretty much whatever character you want and that's Mm -hmm. how it should happen exactly because people are uh, varied enough as it is that you should be able to have as much variance in your characters you shouldn't be limited by your race or anything like that just like in real life so yeah i i i they, they've done a really good job, like you said, thematically pleasing through the entire book of just being like, here's all the new stuff, but this is just a recommendation, just so you know. Here's all the variations and all the flavor stuff you can add to it. Look mm-hmm. at all this cool stuff here. Which, yeah, they, they've done a really, really good job for it. Um, uh, Another um subclass I wanted to point out, which I love so much. Are we going to have don't the... think... Go on. I, you don't think I, I don't think I'm going to play in a while... Okay. Because it's a because it's a rogue, and okay. I'm currently playing a rogue. I really so... like I really like both the rogues. So I have a fair bit uh-huh. to say about them as well. Both of them are really I, cool. I like both of them, but I like the Phantom more. Yeah, oh I've got. My I've God. wrote. I what did I write down for the Phantom? I wrote uh, rogue. Really cool Phantom abilities are cool. Everything about this just works together. 
<laughs> right? Like, okay, if ever there was going to be something that was thematically pleasing for this, oh my god, the Phantom Rogue subclass is so cool. Yeah. Just, like, being on the brink of, like, death and undeath and being, like, I can speak to people from the grave, I get their soul trinkets, I can phase through walls, like, they're so edgy and I love them so much. <laughs> they are I quite genuinely, edgy, yeah. I genuinely cannot wait to play one eventually. Like, even one of their abilities... Okay, one of the extra uh, optional abilities for rogues as a whole as well, having steady aim... Steady aim's a really good ability. so good. Being able to give a, a bonus action to give yourself advantage just means you're going to get way more consistent sneak attack damage, which is the point of a rogue, is to do sneak attack. That's their, that's their thing. I think just having a way to make that more consistent is great. And when you combine that with the Phantom, when you can do, you use half your die and give someone else necrotic damage every time you do a sneak attack is amazing. Like yeah, just being able a... to hurt someone else. Oh, it's so good. It's a nice little trade-off as well, because I feel like there's a lot of stuff. There's only one thing in this book that I looked at and I was like, that might be really too good. And there's like, mm-hmm. I'll get onto that later. But the steady aim one, I thought like, that's really good. I was like, that might be too good. And I remembered it uses your bonus action. And as a rogue, you can't use your bonus action then to hide as well. So it's a trade-off. It's like, you can get advantage on this sneak attack, but next round, good, there's a chance you might not because you're not hidden. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, it, it just means that you can you can use your bonus action to take steady aim instead of having to rely on hiding or, you know, flanking or whatever it is. Or you have to have uh, one of your allies is in melee range with it to get your sneak attack or whatever it may be. It just means mm-hmm. that you have an own self-sufficient way of getting that advantage and getting that sneak attack in every time, which I I think is really cool. It just makes it so it's... Sure, it means they're more of a, a solo player and they could be more of a lone wolf and edgy and whatever else, but I like that. I like that they can be self-sufficient if they need to be. You can... Uh, the first thing I thought of for it as well is to do it with a, a swashbuckler because they obviously get their... Um... They get their sneak attack in a variety of different ways, but then they also have fancy footwork where if they make an attack against someone, they can disengage for free. So you don't need to use that bonus action disengage. So you can get in, bonus action steady aim, get your advantage attack, get your sneak attack, and then you get to leave again because of fancy footwork without having to disengage. And that's good because, man, it re- I really want to see more melee, more melee rogues, but everything about rogue lends itself to range. Yeah, it really does, yeah. <laughs> Like, I, I would really enjoy, like, my rogue that I play in your campaign. I'd love for them to be more melee-focused, but they're a rogue wizard. Yeah. And also, <laughs> they have a crossbow, and it's just it's just better to just be at range. So I, I, yeah. so I am, more more often than not. But the, fa- the Phantom um, is cool. I really like Tokens of yeah. the Departed as an ability. Mm-hmm. Like, carrying yeah. around the little soul trinket, you can, like, crush it. You can use it for, more for like, the sneak attack damage, and yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you have, and if you have it, you have advantage on death saving throws, and con saves and as well. Con- yeah. So good, and just being able to just have that relationship with death and undeath, and be able to like hold on to someone's spirit when someone dies in the form of a soul trinket, and then you can crush it and ask them a question before they leave. Like, yeah, it- it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, it- just there's something in my head just relate not relates to it because I don't have a relationship with death and undeath personally, <laughs> but. It's just something that I just I just click with, and I'm like, that's awesome. I want to play that. Yeah. I doubt I will anytime soon because I don't think I want to play another rogue for a little bit. But it's it's on the to playlist. Um. So that's yeah. The rogue. I really like both the rogue ones. The other mm-hmm. two, the other one class that really stood out for me, and this isn't the one that I think may be too good, 
but the other class that really stood out for me i really liked both of these and they're now probably my go-to option for if i ever play this class is i really like both of the new barbarian puffs i knew you were gonna say both of the new barbarian puffs are so that's just amazing i love both of them like yeah path of the beast is the having that image in my head of just going absolute feral and when you rage you just turn into like this hybrid of a of a creature to the point where you can grow a tail and it's just like it's just good as well it's just good like the the bite you can self-heal the tail has a 10-foot reach and you can boost your ac of your reaction the claws are a bit naff but (laughs) the claws are a bit eh, they're not great but you also get psychic damage when you hit to like level six and later on you can give your party a damage buff just for being near them that's like a paladin yeah. ability, but you get it as a barbarian. <laughs> yeah. I love. I, it's, yeah, it's such a cool Path of the one. Beast in particular is one that really stands out to me. I'm like, like you said, it's just that visual image of visually, physically transforming when you rage. Like we have a, ver- a very minor thing for the barbarian in, in uh, your campaign. Mm-hmm. Is whenever they rage because they're a lizard folk, they're like their fin comes up on the back of their head and stands, yeah, you know, stands up when they're raging. And I'm like, that's really cool. They have a physical change when they rage. Yeah, this just takes it to a whole other level and puts effects on it. And yeah, it's 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 perfect for what it is for Path of the Beast. It's thematically pleasing. TM. And then, and then the the wild one being the wild magic. The barbarian mm-hmm. has magical effects. Yep. Someone someone at Wizards went. How about? We break the rules. <laughs> <laughs> and they did. And it's brilliant. You talk about you talk about having fun tables. Did you have you looked at the tables for wild magic yeah. of when they it's rage? Bonkers, it? It's really cool. It's really cool. Everything about it just is fun and makes you feel like you are this walking powerhouse of just chaotic magic inside you that only comes out when you unleash it however there is one cursed thing about this subclass Mm -hmm. there's one there's one cursed thing that i don't that i i thought it was a typo because i got the book when it very first came out but it's not a typo okay and it's bolstering magic which you get a six level for 10 minutes uh for, for 10 minutes as an action you can touch one creature that creature can roll a d3 (laughs) <laughs> I forgot I forgot that was in there They can roll a d3 And add that to the d20 roll <laughs> What was wrong with this boy? What's wrong with him? <laughs> oh like oh, but I don't know I don't know what they were thinking I don't Just know do what that is I was like, I was like, that's real. I was like, it's cursed. It's really funny because, and like, I kind of get it because it's on the wild magic, so it's crazy. But how is anyone gonna roll a d three? <laughs> like, do you have two? So, how many people have a d three? Uh, I, I bet it's a handful. You're gonna have to roll a d four and just tell them uh, uh, ignore four. Roll again. Ignore fours. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh so, man, it, that's it. <laughs> everything about it though is great. I love the I love the ma- yeah. wild magic table. Um, tendrils glowing around you you can <laughs> lightning bolts come out your chest you can make difficult terrain with flowers uh 
magical force uh, revenge damage. There's just so much chaoticness in it. Uh, both of these paths really, for me, work so well with what I picture for a barbarian. And mm-hmm. I was potentially worried with how magic... When I saw Path of Wild Magic for, ba- for Barbarian, I was like... I don't really like the idea of barbarian casting spells, but I love the idea of the magic just erupting from them while when they rage, and it's not anything they can sort of control or help. It just happens in some way, and they don't know what way it's going to happen, but it happens. Yeah, I think wild magic is probably the best um, combination of barbarian and magic that you could do, because like you said, it's chaotic, it's uncontrollable, and that fits a barbarian perfectly, rather than a very kind of formulated ritual casting spells kind of thing doesn't fit with a, a raging barbarian yeah um so yeah i i 100 agree with that um the other thing i wanted to to point out real quick as well is blade singing oh yeah because really good. once really again cool. hadn't looked at blade singing in unearth arcana or anything like that i know that <laughs> one of our friends was really keen on blade singing in the in the unearth arcana form and mm-hmm. now they got very disappointed because they nerfed it but i think rightly so um but um I, I just love the fact that you can have a melee wizard. That's just that's just cool to me. Yeah, you can yeah, have yeah, yeah. A wizard that can be melee. You can have and a melee wizard that is an eldritch knight. Exactly. Yes, yeah. and it, it's it yeah it's it's not a flavor of uh, a fighter. It is a it is a wizard. You can still play as a wizard, but you can hold your own in, in close quarters because I think the wi- wizards in general, not the company, the subclass. <laughs> um, are generally pretty samey depending on what you know you can take whatever um school of magic that you want to specialize in it doesn't really change how you play as a wizard you're still going to be pretty frail at the back casting spells from afar doing your wizard stuff Mm -hmm. that's cool you you have your books your ritual cast whatever that's that's all still the same regardless of what kind of thing you specialize in yeah this i think completely changes what a wizard does this is entirely different and an entirely new strand of wizard, which to me just really makes it really appealing for me just to have like, I want to be able to hold my own in melee. I don't want to just be standing at the back, just going eh, from afar. Yeah. Off, yeah. Eh, firebolt. And that's it. I I just like the, the options of being able to, you can be a far away. You can still just be a wizard and play from afar if you're not feeling up to combat for this one, or you can just rush in and hold your own. I, I love it. I think it's great. Yeah, no, it is very, it is very good. I enjoy the fact that uh, as well, when it comes to the blade singing, it adds a lot of things on. Like when you activate your blade singing, it gives you a boost to AC, it gives you walking speed, gives you um, a bonus to your constitution checks. It doesn't give you a, bo- a bonus to melee damage though, which I really like. I think that would have been too much. I like that if you do decide to do blade singing, yeah, you're more defensive and everything, but that's it. It's purely sort of like a defensive measure or so you can more reliably get in combat. Not so you can deal more damage with swords because then it would stop being a wizard and would become a fighter again. But this one is yes. definitely more so just giving the wizard an option. Mm-hmm. But they are still a wizard. Most of your damage is still going to come from casting spells. Absolutely. Whereas the Eldritch Knight is the other way around. You are an Eldritch Knight. Most of your damage is going to come from hitting things with your sword. But you also have the option of casting spells if you want. They've done really well mm-hmm. there in terms of making sure there is a difference between those. Yes, exactly. And even, you know, at like X6 level, they get an extra attack, which is great. And one of them can be a cantrip, which I really like. Yes. Being able to do like one sword hit, one cantrip is really cool. Um, 
And I think that lends itself more to the fighting style, but it still doesn't give them the extra damage. That's just an extra attack. And a lot of other classes will also be getting extra attacks around that sort of level as well. So yeah. it's still like, it still keeps them in check. They can still hold their own in melee if they still want to. Like it scales up well, but it still doesn't make them that, that kind of OP like fighter mm-hmm. that happens to also have all the wizard spells. Um, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's great. Uh, and like song, song of defense as well just being able to um reduce damage by spending spell slots i think is great yeah great. uh real quick i'll go through the list of other cool things that i had uh without mm. going too far into depth with them so if anyone wants to just like look into those you can look into it more into your own time but these are just other things that i thought were particularly cool uh clerics are still awesome clerics are still probably one of the best class in the game just in terms mm-hmm. of like in terms of the picture in your mind and what's great about them. I especially like the Order Domain Cleric because they're like the Holy Police and they are like the Tempest <laughs> Domain, except they do Psychic instead of doing Thunder. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, fighter, we finally have Unarmed Fighting. Amazing. Oh, Ridiculously excited yes. for it. <laughs> I, I'm so glad you brought that up. Genuinely, Unarmed Fighting, I've wanted that for so, yeah. so long. Just being able to use your fist and not be a monk is so good. Yes, a strength-based Unarmed Fighting D8 on damage, being able to do damage while someone's in a grapple, everything about that's perfect, thank you very much mm-hmm. for that uh, Ranger is fantastic we spoke about now, Sorcerer there wasn't too many things I picked out about Sorcerer, because I don't like Sorcerers very much the one thing I did like was I like their meta magic object, uh, meta magic option, sorry, of transmutated spell where you, if you're doing firebolt you can spend a fire, uh, like firebolt for example if you spend a sorcery point, you can change it from fire damage to cold damage. I really That's like really cool. I really like the idea that you can just transmutate your spell that normally does one element of damage to another element of damage for the sake of overcoming a resistance. That's a really cool mm-hmm. idea in my mind. Uh, yep. And the other thing I wrote is sorcerers are cool, but most of their good abilities come at level 18 and hardly anyone ever plays to level 18. Yes, agreed. Uh, and both the warlocks are very great as well. Fathomless, mm-hmm. I like potentially a bit more than genie, but Mm-hmm. they're both like fathomless and genie is cool i really like the idea of the genie warlock being able to go back into the lamp mm-hmm. and yeah, like hang 100%. out there for their rest that's really fun yeah yeah i i really like i i always pictured the idea of a genie patron as it is for a warlock anyway just as kind of like just how it would fit into another warlock thing but now they've got their own entirely separate thing which is great mm-hmm. love it really like all of that oh and the one thing there's one thing i don't like there's only there's, there was one subclass in this that i really didn't like mm-hmm. like i read it and i read it twice and i was like it's just it just doesn't seem fun mm-hmm. and that's the way of mercy monk i actually agree with you i read it probably like four times and i was like this is just quite boring mm. i was like everything about this is just when you do flurry of blows, you can do this. And when you do flurry of blows, you can do this. And that's it until like level 17 when they give yeah. you something else. But up until level 11, the only thing you get from this really is when you do flurry of blows, you can do more damage to something or you can heal someone. And there's not yeah. much to come out of that, really. Like, I understand that it's not, it's probably not a technically bad character. Like, in terms of numbers, it's probably quite decent. But in my mm. mind, it's just like, I wanted, I, it was just so boring. I think that's the problem with kind of monks as a whole. Because you have the really, like, flavorful ones, like Way of the Astral Self, the other one in. Really great! <laughs> 
You get two other arms. You get two arms, then you get a helmet. Astral arms. Yeah, you, then that's you get a cool. helmet, and then you get an astral chest place. Everything about that's really cool. Like, the, the flavor on it's really cool. Even Way of the Four Elements, which, you know, in Rules as Written in the other one, I'm not a huge fan of. I don't think it's very good mechanically. Mm. I still think flavor-wise, that's still really cool. You have a different way of presenting the monk. But I think a lot of the other ones, like Kensei, Way of the Open Hand, Way of Mercy, like, a lot of them are just like, you're a monk. You, 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 you hit things. Yeah, yeah. And that's about it. There's nothing really to separate them apart from the mechanics of it. Yeah, it was just something about the way of mercy. Just didn't it? Just didn't sit right with me. Like I like the idea that you get a mask. I like the idea that you mm-hmm. can poison someone by using like your healing magic in a bad way. Like that's cool. But just something about it just didn't sit right with me. I feel like there could have been something more there besides just going. All right, you got healing now. All right, level six, your healing's better. All right, level eleven is a bit better again. Like that's pretty much what it boils down to until you hit level seventeen for me. And yeah, exactly, yeah. The, and like you said, like the, the the addition of the mask is really cool as a flavor thing, but that is that's not that's not like the be all and end all for it. Yeah. It's like you, you you got a mask. Yeah. And the only one that I saw as well that I I read and I was like that could be quite broken actually mm-hmm. is the uh, circle of stars from the druid. Oh yes, I'm glad you brought that up. The circle of stars from the druid. So mm-hmm. I love this idea. Yeah, I love this Same. idea. I didn't even consider this mm-hmm. to be an idea ever, but it's such a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Um, they get Guiding Bolt, which is probably in the top three level one spells. Like Guiding mm-hmm. Bolt is ridiculously great, good power, and advantage on next attack. Mm-hmm. Starry Form is where it is where <laughs> it gets me. Starry yep. Form. So instead of transforming into a beast, you can essentially turn into a constellation. You become mm-hmm. like a gathering of stars that are connected together by light. And you can pick a constellation. You can pick Archer, which you can then use your bonus action to fire off a Luminous Arrow. It does 1d8 plus your Wisdom. Uh, Chalice, which you can uh, basically, can um, whenever you cast a spell that restores HP, you can then restore the HP of someone within 30 feet of you. So it's like, a li- like I heal you, but then you get a little bit as well. And Dragon, so that you can, um, any well, if you're doing a Constitution saving throw for Concentration... You can treat every, You can treat your minimum roll as a ten. Yeah. I got a problem though with this. Uh huh. Because when you wild shape into a beast, you can't cast spells. Mm-hmm. This one doesn't say anything about that. Nope. And you would assume, based on the wording of it, that you absolutely still can, because it says when you cast a healing spell, so you'd be able to still cast spells yeah when you exactly wild shape exactly and the fact that the archer you do your arrow as a bonus action Mm -hmm. so what are you doing with your action because this starry form doesn't have a stat block and when you try and when you wild shape all of your stuff gets absorbed into you so it doesn't have a weapon and it doesn't have an action so this Mm -hmm. is essentially you get to wild shape into this starry form get all of these bonuses and you still get to be your regular self. Yeah. That's that that is the only one in my mind that I've been like that's maybe a bit too good. Right? Yeah, cuz that that's mainly some like that's some visually that's awesome. Yeah. I love the the idea of being able to transform into a constellation of sorts and just kind of, you know, dish out damage that way. That's cool. 
And I like the fact you can only pick one of Archer, Chalice, or Dragon, so you can't get all the benefits at once. Yes. However, having said that, being able to choose from three different forms means you can always choose the most optimal one for your situation that you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, which means it's almost always going to be very good. And you're still just a druid. This is basically like... The thing is, I, I don't know how comparable it is to something like Raging. Because Raging is pretty nuts when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, Raging is really good. To, to slashing, bludgeoning, and piercing. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if you're um, um, a Totem Warrior and you have um, the bear one, you gain resistance to all damage, bar psychic, pretty much. Uh, which is absolutely absurd. Um, and, you know, you get extra damage, you get, you know, advantage on your strength checks and all the other stuff that comes with being, with Raging. Yeah, yeah. Do you think this is comparable, the Star Reform? Because... For a barbarian, you're hitting harder. That's what you do. You have an axe and you do it. Yes. But I, I think this kind of goes over the line a little bit by being a spellcaster while also having all these benefits from your from your wild shape as well. That's where I think the line is. Yes, agreed. Uh, I think the one that potentially probably might get overlooked is the dragon. Mm-hmm. With the fact that your concentration checks are the roll is a minimum 10. If yeah. I was to make a, a basic, if I was to make a basic druid now, chances are my wisdom save is going to be at least six. Like six is a fa- fairly standard number. If I've got a character here, it's le- level three. Uh, stat is eighteen. The save, for, the save for that stat is level six already, mm-hmm. and that's at level three. That only goes yeah. up. So, yeah. at level two, because you can transform at level two. Mm-hmm. Your wisdom save as a drag, your concentration check as a dragon is going to be sixteen, and druids yeah. get some really crazy concentration spells. Things like feeble mind, things like flaming sphere, so you can just continuously move it around like freely. There's a lot yeah. of things that druids can do that they concentrate on. That then, as a dragon, there's a very good chance that it's not going to be broken unless you can somehow put the dragon to sleep or like incapacitate them in another way which then requires you to then beat another saving throw they may have exactly yeah and the the thing with the the any roll of 10 for a dragon means that any damage you take that's not 20 or higher you succeed yeah just straight up yeah because the dc is 10 yeah and that's not happening until you go until parties realistically hit about talking like level seven or eight really where you're going to consistently mm-hmm. be doing 20 damage in one hit it just means that you 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 will be concentrating on your spells until much much higher levels because that doesn't even factor in like you said your modifier that you've got on your concentration check. Yeah. So it's yeah it, it it's it's crazy strong and yeah I don't know I I think I'd have to play it this, to find yeah, out this, whether it is super busted or not. This but. might be the most broken one in my mind. Not to the point where I would stop someone playing it, but it's to the point where I'd be like, wow, that's just really really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Is, is there any other things you wanted to point out? Because for me, it, this is just like a general thing about the book. I mentioned it earlier, but just the sheer amount of customization options that they've given you. The amount of tables that you roll on for your origin, for uh, changing your um, racial ability scores, mm-hmm. for changing the flavor of how your spells work. Uh, even like the... the um, oh, what they called. Let me go to the, the contents page again. Um, the uh, group patrons, I thought was great. a great idea. Really good idea. Really um, good idea. 
I I really like the um, uh, where is it? The there was some unique like terrains and stuff from it. There was like the 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 group of mimics that created its own like society, which I think is a yeah. That was a really good idea. Yeah, love that. Um, yeah, just stuff like that. I think is really really good. supernatural regions. That's that's what it's called. Yeah, parlaying with All monsters. Are... I thought was really cool as well. I thought parlaying with monsters was a really good idea because not only does it sort of give pe- give people who want to play more of a pacifist character a chance to do what they think is right it also gives some use to some of the skills that people generally see as not dump skills because none of the skills are really dump but ones that people don't usually pick up so things like where arcana can usually be seen as quite a niche thing because if you're not dealing with something to do with like actual like magic magic that's not like blessed magic you're not going to be using it very often chances are but now you can use your arcana to research these different characters and go like, okay, well, if I was to bring it this item or if I was to offer to do this, then we may not even have to fight it in general because we can get its favor. That's yeah, just gives, again, another option. This whole book is about giving people different options and just making the game more fun because you are given more, it's loosening the reins a bit, which is amazing. Exactly, yes. That, and that, that's that's the big takeaway from Tasha's is it's loosening the reins on everything. Yeah. And that's that's the way to play. I've been saying it for ages. Even in the hot takes video that I just uploaded, I literally, one of the first questions was, there's no limit on what you can homebrew. Homebrew to your heart's content. Yeah. Don't be so constricted by the rules. And literally this book is like, yeah, you really shouldn't be constricted by the rules. <laughs> I'm like, vindication. Um, um, I think the only other one yeah. that I wanted to mention was a couple of spells that are really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Mind Sliver, finally having a yes. finally having a cantrip that deals psychic damage, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Tasha's Mind Whip, I think, is an amazing spell, like amazing spell. Three D, yeah. like a level two spell, three D six psychic damage. Can't take a reaction until the end of its next turn, and then as long as you concentrate on that spell, they can only move, attack. They can only move, action, or bonus action. They can only do one of those things per turn <laughs> while you concentrate on it that's crazy yeah and that's really really good and the fact that there's actually summon spells in the game now like mm-hmm. you can play a summoner which is i imagine a lot of people were really excited about i imagine a lot of people love the idea of you know summoning beasts and phase and elementals and stuff to do the fighting for you like that's just i feel like that's something that should have been in the game already but the fact that it's in it now i really like that idea those are really cool exactly spells. When they're specific spells and not like class features as well, yeah, is really yeah, 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 yeah. The only thing yeah. is they do need a, um, they do need a material component. Mm. It doesn't consume it, but it needs it. So if you are going to be wanting to summon those beasts, you better dip that acorn you found you found in two hundred gold pieces worth of gold before you can start casting that spell. I think that's fair. If you're going to be a proper summoner, that could literally be part of your your quest is to the reason you're going out on an adventure is to grab all these different items so you can summon all sorts of different stuff i think that's cool absolutely oh yeah yeah absolutely i and i like it as well there's a lot of stuff that i really really like about this book there's only the Mm -hmm. the only one thing i saw was that particular monk subclass but everything else about this book i really really enjoyed yeah really really good book i'd say up there with um um 
not Mordenkainen. Xanathos. Xanathos, Xanathos, thank you. I completely forgot the yeah. name of it. Yeah, definitely up there with uh, with that. And those are, these are probably my top two favorite books. It's hard to, I think, to say which one's better than the other mm-hmm. right now, but at some point I'm sure I'll rank them, but these are definitely my top two. Um, well, with that said, I think we should get on to the final segment of the show, the recurring segment, uh, if you will. Let's talk about Deck of Many Characters. So if you're if you're new here, first time checking it out. Essentially, what we do is we've made a character each on D and D Beyond. Please sponsor us, D and D Beyond. We'd be eternally grateful. Um, and what we want is essentially we're going to give each other a minute to uh, describe how to play this character. We're going to explain the the important points of the character to the other person, and then they have to on the fly come up with a backstory and how we'd role play that character just to show you what <coughs> is possible in a minute. Um, and then you you know it's easy enough to come up with something unique is the idea behind this plus it's a bit fun and we look a bit stupid when we can't think of stuff so, yeah yeah so apologies if um, anyone sort of gets into the point where you don't like people going oh, I'm, uh, 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 that happens a lot because <laughs> we we do that a lot <coughs> um, happens, and happens a as lot. we've been talking about uh, tasha's for pretty much the whole episode um we're the characters that we've made are using stuff that is from tasha's cauldron of everything um for these ones uh and if you want to leave suggestions of like challenges things we should include in the deck of many characters then leave a comment um below uh on the youtube version um as we'll we'll take those suggestions as we go forward to future episodes and also if you want to just leave a comment as it is as well leave one of those because we'll be reading out some of your comments at the start of the next episode as well um so uh, i think we should roll off and let's see who's gonna go first shall we liam agreed Right, let me grab a d20. Here we go. Oh, it's a 16. That's pretty good. It's pretty high. It's a six. That's not quite as good. It's not as good. Which means uh, I will be describing to you first. You will be. Right, so let me get let me get a, a minute timer on my phone um, as I'll be describing this out. Okay, so ready. Uh, your name is. Drox, D-R-O-X. D-R-O-X, Drox. Cool. You are a lizard folk. Yep. You are an artificer. Okay. You are an alchemist. Okay. <laughs> yep. Um, you, uh, you have really, really high dexterity and intelligence. Oh, not Hugh Dex. High dex and intelligence. Yep. Yep. You have good strength wisdom and charisma okay so i'm only pouring wisdom <laughs> no strength wisdom and charisma oh sorry only pour in a con and, and constitution is average okay i'm just gonna say poor con <laughs> yep um uh what other bits do you need to know uh your background is a cloistered scholar okay sure um any other bits you want to know Proficiencies or do I have a what level is it? Uh, four. Do I have a feat? You do not. Okay. Uh, uh, am I proficient in any charisma stuff? Any charisma stuff? Uh, no. Okay. Right. Are you ready? 
Sure. A lot of thinking time here. Yep. Ready? And in three, two, one, go. Cool. Drox was a different from the other lizard folk. Um, he was not quite as uh, he was not quite as brawny, and he was not quite as physical as the rest. Uh, so which he decided to turn his mind towards brain defeats brawn, and decided to attend a uh, local school. The local school sent him a recommendation to a university, to which he was often turned away and not allowed to use the facilities that they had there so in which he would have to work at the back of the library or work with sort of chemical substances that were sort of rejected or cast off to which he then decided to get more involved with these and combine these together and see what he could make to sort of start his his path down the alchemist uh the alchemist sort of direction also making him the cloistered scholar because he works by himself and other people sort of tend to reject him because of the way uh, lizard folk are generally portrayed particularly from the nearby area he has no charisma skills due to this as he's usually working by himself however his goal in life is to continue to find these sort of rejected and time ah, find the rejected components to make even better elixirs very good <laughs> and also incredibly similar to the idea that i had oh, really this character <laughs> yeah <laughs> so Okay, so the the initial uh, influence for this, the first image I had in my head uh, was Dr. Connors from Spider-Man. Okay. Was just lizard folk in a lab coat. And I was like, what can I do with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. I um, like that. But yeah, I, it was almost exactly the same. It was like, they grew up in a tribe of other lizard folk. They didn't, uh, they weren't as big or as brawny as the others. They, um, they much prefer to use their mind for other stuff. They didn't want to go out hunting with everyone else. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they were much more like when they were forced to go out hunting with them. But when they were out, they were much more fascinated with like nature and how can we make stuff from leaves? That's crazy. Like we can make tonics and 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 potions and things like that just from like nature around us. That's insane. Yeah. And they went off and they discovered more and more about how you could combine different things and what they make and went off to study about. Yeah. And that's how they became a, a, a cloister scholar because they came off and were experimenting with different things and combinations and what they can make. Um and then they realize that they can not only just help people through the stuff like healing potions, but they can also create magical effects with these things that they can combine together. And they became an alchemist. Why they're out on an adventure, who knows? <laughs> but they're, 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 they're fun and they can create potions and stuff and they're a lizard boy. And cool. they have a lab coat on because why not? Yeah. No, I like it. I like it. It's fun. It's fun. Um, I just really like alchemists, okay? Leave me alone. Um, total, that yeah, that was that was really good. Very really valid. enjoyed that, mate. Very valid that one. Uh, let me get mine up. Right, your turn. Here we go. I'm just getting mine up. Okay. I'm not ready, as always. Uh, you ready then? Sure. I'm not. I don't have the timer up. Sorry. <gasps> uh, I know. I know. Timer. Not twenty seconds. Oh, also, just for, for a bit of context, by the way, uh, for the stats I was rolling for this character, rolled an 18 on the intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and with the ASI... Uh, sorry, with the, the racial thing that I changed, because Tasha's, I got to change the uh, racial ability scores, put two in intelligence, one in dex, because they're quite dexterous with their with their alchemy tools and stuff and their, all that jazz. Um, so then, yeah, they had 20 intelligence, 17 dex, 13 in strength, wisdom, and charisma, and 11 in constitution. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. All right. I quite like it. Your name. Right, here we go. <clears throat> yes. Your name is, is Egam. I-G-A-M. M or N? M. M. Egam. Okay. Uh, you are a Scourge Asamir. <laughs> 
I know what those are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you are a barbarian. Okay. A wild magic barbarian. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, you have really good strength. Okay. A pretty good con. Everything is above average. Okay. Apart from your charisma. Okay. Which is below average. Mm hmm. And okay. that's pretty much it, unless you want anything any, else from it. Any backgrounds or feats? Ah, background. Or... Uh, background is uh, Wanderer. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, yeah. cool. Background is Wanderer. No feats. Use a great sword. Mm-hmm. Any um any interesting proficiencies that you wouldn't expect, not like athletics or anything, but any any other stuff. Perception and survival. Makes sense. Okay. That's that's <clears throat> pretty much it. Yeah. Not not many skills. That's pretty much okay. it. Okay. Ready? Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. Gonna start. Three, two, one. Go. Okay, Egam, uh, the scourge, Asma, Asmir, was living peacefully in uh, a town that they grew up in, just amongst society, living, chilling, vibing. They were having a good time, good life. They had decent education, good family. Everything was going swimmingly, helping out with the family business. But unfortunately, one day, there was a natural disaster that caused them to fall down into a, a, a rift in the earth. An earthquake ripped open a rift in the town's uh, paving and they fell through. They actually died and were reincarnated. They managed to come back and woke up in the in the bed that they grew up in, just out of nowhere. But suddenly, they uh, things had changed about them. Their hair was longer. Their teeth were much more like pronounced. They seemed more like feral. And they had this sense of like arcane throwing in them. And the sense of anger that they, the and anguish that they had at their, why not their family died? Let's throw that in there. They were really mad about it, and their family died. So then they had to leave the town. There was nothing left for them, and they were outcasted because people saw them fall into the pit. But then they, they miraculously survived when other people didn't, and other people in the town were really mad. So now they're wandering, because people didn't like their wild, their wild magic that came up when they got angry. Pretty good. That was fun. I like the yeah. reincarnation idea. I didn't even consider it. Wasn't, that. It wasn't supposed to be really edgy, and then I was like. And their family died. <laughs> I really like the reincarnation idea. I didn't even expect that. Yeah, I really like. Because I was thinking with like Asimar is like a fallen angel, right? Yes. I don't know. I don't know what the scourge Asimar is at all. Scourge but... Asimirs are like um, they're not so much a fallen angel. Scourge Asimirs are mm -hmm. like sort of like holy protect like justice warriors, pretty much. So they're, cool. sort, they're sort of like the they're more they're more along the lines of the Asimirs that would go to mess things up they they administer punishment basically mm -hmm. like they're okay. the ones that they're the ones that go there and destroy the evil yeah well maybe that makes sense because something they could find out on the journey is who reincarnated them yeah and maybe it was some holy thing they had they have some divine purpose they didn't even know they had Whoa. okay Look at that. <laughs> the general idea Don't the general idea i had behind them was um the Scourge Asimars have this war that they combat against uh, an opposing evil force and um, and Igam is sort of like this uh, this Asimir that's not, doesn't fit in with the others because he has the lower charisma so he can't cast the spells correctly and anytime he does try to do it sort of like they don't work out the way everyone else sort of does it so they send him on like a fake mission 
saying like this is going to really help the war effort and mm-hmm. he goes off on this fake mission that he can't tell is fake because he's crap at charisma and then he sort of goes around to and like at the start of the campaign he's like I need to do this it's for my mission and as they carry on they soon sort of discover like this might actually not be a mission that he gets that he's doing to help them Mm-hmm. And then it just ca- it fun. carries on from there as such. But he's a scourge Asimir that has the magic of an Asimir because they're usually quite magical beings. Except his magic is a bit more wild, for lack of a better mm. word. <laughs> <laughs> a bit more chaotic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that is also really cool. Um, thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, so yeah, if you guys have got any suggestions for the deck of many characters for next time we do this, uh, then leave a comment on the the YouTube version and we'll, we shall get to it and take those suggestions going forward. Uh, and also, if you've got, it's time for the cowmen. We're bringing them back. Um, <laughs> totally forgot I about believe, the cowmen. I believe I did the last one, so I believe it's on you today, Liam. Okay. Uh, we we need a cowmen. So if you've made it to this point in the podcast, I want you to leave a YouTube comment with, with this specific thing that Liam's going to say now. Passport passport say <laughs> have a comment and somewhere in there put the word passport or just comment the word passport yeah that's also fine that works thanks everyone that works passport thanks everyone um yeah well thank you for checking out this uh this uh episode number nine of war podcaster we've got we've got faces now that should be the title of this episode shouldn't it should indeed war, yeah. war podcaster episode number nine we've got faces 100 percent more faces yeah yeah um uh yeah well thanks for thanks for watching and or listening everybody really do appreciate you guys we'll be back hopefully next week uh with another edition uh thanks for your patience uh while we didn't upload but we are back now we really do appreciate it we love you all very much uh stay safe out there all that jazz take care of each other don't forget to love each other that's someone else's phrase totally stole that that's fine um and we'll see you guys in another episode soon bye see ya